You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We're the Fancy Joes. Welcome to episode 150. Will Greenwood, we made it. Oh, I'm ready for the biggest show we have ever done. Buckle up and be prepared for three and a half days of a Fantasy Joe marathon for show 150. There's going to be some silences, but there's also going to be some noise. We've got the biggest names in the industry. You know, Matthew Berry's coming on here in a couple minutes. We even have some stars in the NFL. Yeah, Shefty. Adam Gase uh, makes a guest appearance. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's going to be awesome. Route segment. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, oh, wait, I, I have an alert on my phone. It, it appears that all of these guests never actually replied to the email I sent them to come on the show. They don't care that we're doing show 150. Today. I sent one to ESPN at gmail.com <laughs> and said, Dear Matthew Berry, please attend. What? We're, we're, we can't even, you know, keep our, our Twitter account up to date with our, our latest episodes, let alone reach out, take the time I, to reach out to I, these people. I titled the email <laughs> important social function. I, A for effort, Will. A for effort. Yeah. Uh, let, let's jump right into it. Um, let, let's go back in time and look at week four with our Tanyan time moments and locket letdowns of week four, Will. So... Let's start with the, the man of, of week four, Robert Tanyan. Will, tell your glorious Robert Tanyan oh, story. It Robert is so Tanyan. First of all, I own him in two leagues, Ryan. One of them is a tight end premium. The other one is that two tight end league. Uh, and th- there's a league where uh, it's a contract league, everybody. We've heard about this. And I'm tanking. I'm tanking hard. Uh, my only starting running back that I have right now is Jerick McKinnon. Uh, I had J.D. McKissick that I picked up for free or very cheap as well. And I set the highest. I, I played the best team in this league. Uh, it, it's on paper the best team in this yeah, league. Well, on I, I paper and, and by points scored. I think he has 100 point, more points than the next best team, which is mine, by the way. But, um, but <laughs> yeah, after, no, I mean, yeah, you're a big underdog. And after Robert Tanyan's second touchdown, I was like, I'm going to have the second highest score in this league this week, and I'm going to lose. That, that's okay. But you know how it just goes week by week around? You always just want to – you want it to happen – uh, and then Robert Tanyan racks up his third touchdown. Uh, I also started Tyler Eifert. I have Traquan Smith in this team that I took in a rookie draft, but he's just kind of a contract burden at this point. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a mess of a team. And I sold players for draft picks early. And now I'm uh, two, like three and two because of a double header. And I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm still going to be selling assets, I guess. I just have to be better near the end of the year for rookie picks. But it's just fantasy football in 2020, that was the most 2020 fantasy football game of the year in my opinion so far i know what you're gonna do you're gonna sell robert tanyan <laughs> <laughs> no right he's robert well, no, tanyan. You, no i was gonna say you can like he can yeah you can you can tag him because he's only two dollars if, if he turns out to be like a legit tight end one lower end tight end one it could happen yeah he's the kind of player on a contract league on a cheap contract that i'll just keep like i'll sell the like adam thielen or Allen robinson who have uh, Robinson has a couple years left, but he, you know, these guys are legit and their contracts aren't that bad, but the, the big problem was, this was my very first contract league ever, everybody. And I just messed up in the this draft by thinking Drew Brees and Tom Brady were going to retire sooner. And I was going to be cash rich and I'm cash poor because they are the two, I got to assume most expensive QB contracts in this league, if not up there. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a different beast playing, playing contract leagues. Um, uh, and, and yeah, the, the, 
things can can burn you, you know, before you know it. But um, then you're the top scoring team in the league, and you can tell everybody, you know, to to you can show them the door. Say, Tom hey. Brady. Tom Brady was worth every penny of that that expensive contract, though. This, <laughs> this is why we're the fan. <laughs> that's how I knew. I knew in year three, Ryan, of this this expensive Tom Brady contract, I was going to pick up Robert Tanyan. I was waiting for him. <laughs> year two, no, you hold off on Robert Tanyan in year two. Year three is Robert Tanyan's year, and. I remember Robert Tanyan, that big, like, 70-yard touchdown. Aaron Rodgers didn't know who Robert Tanyan was, basically. I remember that, yeah. yeah. That's well, the first time I think I ever got excited about Robert Tanyan, and I grabbed him, like, everywhere and ended up dropping him a lot of places. But how fun is, again, another breakout tight end under the radar? This is going to make Dynasty football podcasting so much more fun in the future. It's like Moelle Cox. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great story, and I, and I, I loved seeing that. It was just kind of kind of funny the the way you went with Robert Tanya. Just uh, just like talk about the Monday Night Miracle that no one saw coming. Hey, that was the fourth week I'd started him, Ryan. So <laughs> finally paying off. That's awesome. Um, so under my uh, Tanya time moments of of week four, I liked having that Monday Night Football doubleheader. Well, that was that was awesome. I, I know it was because of COVID and the delay of patrons able able to get out to uh kansas city was so boring though for most of it i i know but still it was even like a boring football game is worth it and it was just kind of fun that they were so close at halftime and it it made you want to keep watching because yeah i mean we knew the chiefs were going to win but at the same time it's a patriots and if any team could could pull it out as a big underdog like that i mean i think if jared sidham could just throw the ball far enough that game would be that result might have would have been much different his underthrows on uh, the interception that got called back and then the the final one uh i think if he just puts a little bit more air under that and, and drives it that we have a different story to talk about at least a better story to talk about but he looked he i mean they they're they're in trouble maybe they trade for do like a quick like one week swap for ryan fitzpatrick and then we can start all the patriots wide receivers yeah we did that's the one bad thing about that is that we miss seeing cam newton um you know going to kansas city and that would that would have been made it a much more interesting game obviously <sighs> but it is what it is we're, we're and we're talking about moments not let down so i won't i won't say you know that, that, that's kind of borderline let down right there um what, what was another moment for you for week four uh I, i'm loving this justin herbert fantasy bonanza mm-hmm. uh, i know eckler went down the running game wasn't going as well but right i started Jalen guyton in a dfs on a DFS team. Uh, nice. I, I broke even on my $10 bet in DFS this week on one team. I don't know if it was a Jalen Guyton team or not, but in one of them, I did start him. And when was it Donald Parham? Uh, yeah. Or there was one other like wide receiver out there that caught a touchdown. I was like, no, it's supposed to be Guyton. The no-name player that's scoring needs to be the guy that I started in DFS. But uh, his what he's done for that passing game and as far as fantasy goes has been amazing. I'm a little bit worried as far as like the opposite side of the, the pro here is that uh, they still might start Tyrod because of the way that he got injured. And the Chargers just, they, they blew that game. They had Tampa Bay on the ropes, and they, they blew it in a number of ways. And they let, they let Tom just, just throw all over him after that. They could have won that game. But that's, again, like, you know, looking for head coaching positions. Give, give Justin Herbert Eric Bieniemy, Ryan. That's my solution to every <laughs> offense. Like, just give him Eric Bieniemy. Let's go. Yeah, well, Charger's gonna Charger. You know, it was like that last year. There were a lot of those close games that they just couldn't win. If, it's just that's this that's that they're kind of cursed. That franchise, it seems. If they would have lost by a missed field goal, I would say Chargers are gonna Charger. That's I've never seen that. I can remember. There's no stats back this up, but visually, I've never seen a team more lose game lose more games than by a last second field goal missing. Yeah. Um. It it was cool. 
in week four, I mean, Dak Prescott, it, this was nothing new. You know, he continues to, to put up ridiculous numbers. We'll talk a little bit about him later. But, you know, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham Jr., it, w- it was really great to see um, those guys put up big weeks. That, that was fun. Uh, you know, a lot of people that have them in their leagues have been waiting for that all season. So, you know, you got some, um, um, you know, we, winning performances for, for week four from those guys. If you had either Joe Mixon or, or, or Beckham on your roster, you, you probably won week four. Yeah, if you had Dak, Mixon, and Beckham, that's the, all you needed for your team. Good right. to go. Just roll them out. <laughs> roll them out. That's also – right, the, the Cowboys scored 24 points in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, they may be one and three, but they are fantasy gold, Ryan. Fantasy gold. They are fantasy gold. Huh? I mean, but you still have to keep rolling out like Michael Gallup, I think, each week because it's that, that upside is just so massive. I know that he didn't have a good game, but the week prior he had a massive game. And so he's kind of – you just have to, right? Oh yeah, I I think so. I know problems with starting guy a guy like Michael Gallup. I mean, it's going to pay off those weeks he he booms. Yeah, he'll he'll have some down weeks, but yeah, I, I still like Michael Gallup. And uh, I mean, I don't like anyone selling him cheap or anything like that. I don't think he's like a guy to go out and buy in dynasty because I think you know people. Aren't, yeah, aren't he's too foolish. young still, yeah, and he's yeah. he's had too much production. Uh, but it's it's, it's what a weird offense. Uh, as far as like who did you you know, and C.D. <laughs> right. Lamb's a career. Anyway, anyway. Uh, another one, Ryan, is the end of the Niners game, the C.J. Beathard and George Kittle show. Reunited again. Go Hawks. Man, I, w- I was thinking about you. I was thinking that exact same thing. I, and I, I have to expect it a Vox that never came, that, that you were probably just so excited. Oh, I w- eyes were connection. glued to the TV for that, Ryan. If C.J. <laughs> Beathard came back and won that game and became a starting quarterback for a week for the Niners, fi- I'm, I, was, I would be firing him up everywhere. It, it, uh, was, it was fun. It was fun. Because C.J. Beathard was the reason George Kittle got drafted in the fifth round. He propelled him to that high, high draft capital. Is that true? Is there a story where he, like, was, like... No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, George Kittle should have been drafted higher, but due to the Iowa offense, <laughs> it might have actually hurt him a little bit based on that Iowa offense. So. Oh, I thought there was some kind of story where it's, like, Beathard is, like, you know, we got to get Kittle. You know, I know he's great or something like that that I never heard, but um, we can make up that story. Yeah, um, I think he did. I think he went and pounded the table after they drafted... Uh, Oh, Joe, what's his name from Utah? Uh, Beathard went and pounded the table. For oh, Kittle. what is that guy? Yeah, what was it? Yeah, I don't even remember that guy's name now. Yeah, that's he's he's gone. Remember how how much of a hot commodity he was? He was, yeah, he was really hot for a while. Um, let's move on to our Lockett letdowns. Um, and it's named of course after Tyler Lockett, who had such a big performance the previous week, just just let everyone down in week <laughs> or, four. Or old man Ridley letdowns, which was the other one. Oh man, really? Okay. I, and I'm going to uh, invoke Robert Tanya's name once again for letdowns because my letdown, even though this was the right decision. Um, so I, I was going against our, our fellow Joe, Trey Barrett and league of ballers league. We're all in, you know, matchup of undefeated teams. And I picked up Robert Tanya and he was on waivers. Cause it's like, okay, if something happens with this, this Kansas city game, I'm going to start Kelsey, but I can, I got Tanya as my backup on my bench. So Kelsey had a good game. So I, I, I going going in, I'm I'm down, but I got Matt Ryan going. I'm like, oh, he should get enough points to score, to to win this matchup. Well, darn it, Matt Ryan did not get it done for me. And I see Robert Tanya sitting there on my bench, just blowing up. And I, I know I wasn't gonna start him over Kelsey. That would have been crazy, but still it is yeah, some, crazy. somehow in that league on your bench, his name turned to all caps. 
That's right. Did. During, during the game. <laughs> uh, I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But hey, that's that was, a, that was a letdown for me personally. But congratulations to Trey for that victory. And uh, it is what it is. We'll move on to, to week five and see what we can do. Um, what, what about my, you? What led down? My first list down is the Vikings winning. You we guys, we're, <laughs> we, we're not good this year. Let's just, let's just develop our young talent a little bit and let's tank for Trevor. I, I you know, Owen three had me a little bit excited because now I don't have to like root for them winning and go through the stress of them losing on the road outside in the playoffs, which I think they're Owen 17, their last outside road playoff games. Ooh, really? uh, wow. It's, it's pretty bad. And I just think they should just, and I've, I've promoted this now since they signed uh, Kirk Cousins that in the final year of Kirk Cousins contract, they should just completely tank and take Trevor Lawrence. They'd already resigned Kirk Cousins by this point, but they should have just gone 0 and 16. Just, just have, you know, play hard, give, give us a show. But uh, maybe, maybe in that fourth quarter, uh, you give up a pick six, you know, when you're up six points and, and you lose by one each week and you get Trevor Lawrence or, or if they, if they decide Justin Fields, if he, you know, like, ups his game even more like either of those two quarterbacks that young quarterback contract I wanted so badly but I don't think it's going to happen I think they're going to have like a you know like the 15th overall pick and we will continue this well well they um they were playing the the Houston Texans right yeah so they probably were trying to tank but the Texans were definitely trying to tank because they wanted to get Bill O'Brien out of town so you know you got two two forces that are trying to avoid colliding with each other (laughs) <laughs> you know the 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 that's gonna it's gonna end up that way. So I I think they tried, and I just think that you know the players are so sick of Bill O'Brien. They they knew they had to do something to get him out of town, and, and that was it. Lose to the Vikings. Well, Bill Bill O'Brien actually went and ran that Will Fuller route after the game to show that it's catchable, and caught it with the clef of his chin. So <laughs> they and then and then management was like, he can't uh, be embarrassing the players like this. This is too much. Oh, that's funny. I'm sorry, Bill. Oh, um. I, other th- things on my my list for for letdowns, um, just more injuries, um, uh, not not as bad as, as it has been in previous weeks. But losing Nick Chubb and Austin Eckler, those are two big fantasy names, um, and, and eventually they'll be back. But that that stinks. Um, OJ Howard, who was starting to kind of emerge as maybe a fantasy viable tight end, you could start going down that Achilles injury, uh, that sucks. So I'm just I'm just tired of the injuries already, and it's it's so crazy going in to start lineups on some rosters I thought were at least playoff caliber teams and it's like well can't start Devontae Adams this week um I don't know if Julio's gonna play so what am I gonna do about him but I got um, Calvin Ridley backing him up <laughs> now, now now I've got Nick Chubb that I can't you know it just it's it's just uh it's, it's frustrating so. I know Ryan second year second number one overall running back call has gotten hurt uh for me because it was James Conner now Nick Chubb oh. so watch out for 2021's number one overall running back call and maybe be a little bit leery or say, or say law of uh, averages, even though it's not really averages because it's all failure um, that it will bounce back. So next year it's either going to be correct or they will get hurt again early in the season and ruin your, ruin your season. Um, Ryan, the other one is the, the, the Ravens running back room, Ryan, this is a letdown because, this 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 you know is a prolific running offense, but for fantasy, this this is a nightmare. Uh, so it's just a letdown in general that we don't have any clarity. We don't know what to do. Uh, like it's you know we're now a quarter of the way through the season, and I'm just as confused as anybody. And I want the J.K. Dobbins breakout season happen happening. But if this continues throughout the season, that uh you know th- those predictions of where he would be in the running back ranks next year, where they're going to be drafted, are going to be 
you know, may, maybe he'll still be boosted up, but you got to go, like, there's got to be something. Give us something to be hopeful for. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a disappointment, and, and I don't know how it's going to play out. Um, I, I've got J.K. Dobbins um, beyond Dynasty rosters in one redraft league where I just kind of took him late, kind of deciding to sit on him. And I'm, every last couple of weeks during the waiver wire run, I, I debate whether or not I should even keep him on that roster because I'm starting to lose a little bit of hope. I, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but it's something I think about because I don't know if it's going to happen in 2020. Yeah, it's so it's so hard to let go of such a high upside asset, though. You know, if, you know, you know, heaven forbid, you know, Mark Ingram were to even just miss a few games, or they're deciding that this isn't working, the offense offense isn't functioning. I do trust that coaching staff to make changes to make it better for points on the board. That doesn't necessarily correlate though to a you know running back production. So we'll we'll I think it still has to be like a wait and see. But then it's just a, a burned roster spot. Uh, Ryan, did you also see these leaks of the Titans players practicing uh, in in the? No, I I, I didn't. When they're not supposed to. They're, so they're like, uh, it, it's you know, it's people's like cell phone pictures of a bunch of big dudes practicing on like a high school football field. There's an article written about it saying they think it's the Titans players, and there's another one about like the 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 DBs practicing together. Uh, one, not not the best speculative reporting after I read the article. They're like, this might be dumb or it may not. It would be, I guess it might be a little bit odd if it wasn't, but, uh, you know, it's, there's no like clear images of who these people are. Um, it, it's very interesting, but if they were practicing, it's hard also, I think though, as a player, if you've, you know, you've been testing negative for COVID this whole time and you want to try to still get better, like, let's say you're on the roster bubble, uh, you still want to be able to practice to make yourself better during these times. And if you are negative, I get to where that, where that comes from. Uh, I don't think a big thing is going to come down from the NFL on this because there just isn't good enough evidence here. But anyway, it just was, uh, I, I guess my, my letdown of that is I wish we had more clarity about who was there and exactly what was happening versus uh, like a TMZ article equivalent. <laughs> right. Um, my, my final letdown is just to talk about those um, week four afternoon games. So we were supposed to have Kansas City, New England, that was going to be like the, the CBS prime matchup, but, but due to, you know, the cam thing and they haven't been able to move to Monday night, uh, bears Colts moved into that time slot, which I would have been watching anyway, admittedly, but for, for those across the country that were stuck with, with, with the Colts and the bears. Oh, just, that was just a, a snooze fest, man. And, and then the, the other games going on weren't, weren't much better. I guess, you know, bills Raiders was, was okay to watch. And what was the other game I'm trying to, to Oh, it was the, it was the Rams and the Giants, right? <laughs> That's 17 to 9. Well, also Snooze Fest. It's like, man, these games are awful. So I, I think that um, if, if you're ever going to miss half of an afternoon of football uh, week four, that, that late, those late Sunday games, probably the time to, to do it. So if you decided to, to break over your TV and do something with the family or do some yard work or something, good call because you didn't much, much, miss much complaint football. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was oof -da. The Giants. There. Oh, the Giants. Yeah. And the Jets. And oof. Yeah. We've got some, we got some bad teams, you know, and, and even some of the um, teams that, that have good records, such as my Chicago Bears, three and one are, are not so great either. So uh, we, there's some real, I guess it's like that every year, but we got some really bad teams, NFL, some really mediocre teams, but we've got some great ones like the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, yeah. So, and, and the, the, the Foles hashtag Sesson, uh, Ryan, that was a short lived, but high flying fun week 
Yeah. I mean, it was a, I mean, I'm not saying that Foles is going to be a QB one or anything like that, but it was the try to be optimistic. You know, we'll see, the Colts defense is pretty good. Um, well, uh, Tampa Bay's defense is also really good, but let's hope the bears can, can do something on um, a Monday night or Thursday night football. It's not like you are starting a lot of bears other than Allen Robinson anyway. I mean, if you're starting anyone else, I, I worry about your team, including David Montgomery, because that guy is just, um, oh, that's so sad. Average. I think he's, I think he's still hurt though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he could be. Uh, well, uh, also his offensive line is brutal, um, so that doesn't help either. No, but Matt Nagy, he's going to scheme him, right? He's going to scheme him. Yeah, he's a great coach so far, isn't he? Gosh, um, we'll we'll see. Okay. Anyway, that that no, I don't. We this is not a Bears Bears podcast. Let's let's move on. No one wants to hear about the Bears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we could talk more about the Vikings tanking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Well, I, I, I like what you did here on the show sheet for the next segment because we had been doing the Twitter tweet of the week. I don't know if I told you this, but I kind of looked at Twitter and I didn't think there was any, I mean, there's some good stuff on Twitter. There always is, but I didn't think there's anything like really compelling for us to talk about, but I saw you put in some like notes about, you know, the season through week four and I kind of embraced that and did the same thing. So let's get into this. Just talk about some of these really interesting statistics so far through four weeks. Are some of these trends that will continue or some of these major outliers? It's really interesting when you, when you dig into the numbers. So what, what is something that, uh, that really pops out at you in terms of some of these numbers we've seen through four weeks? Well, one, right, it goes back to that Cowboys offense. And so Martin Cooper right now leads the league in targets with 51, right? 51 targets through four weeks. And that I don't think, you know, maybe I, I, I didn't bring it up, and I should have looked at it like what Michael Thomas was through four weeks last year you know, cause his targets were through the roof, but, uh, Amari uh, Cooper is, has been a big value so far. Uh, and I was just looking at these kind of like general receiving, you know, you know, stats, but I like that at least for Amari Cooper and his fantasy value moving forward, if he's going to be that number one target in that offense, that defense, and you know, it's hard to, to always say great game script one way or the other, but that they're going to give up so many points that, you know, even after losing like Vander Esch, like they're bad. And, and, they're going to have to do these kind of comeback miracle comebacks all the time. It's like, the, it's like the Seahawks when their defense is bad too. They, the fourth quarter is always going to be, you know, three quarters into whatever game the Cowboys are playing. And like, like Cooper has, you know, a couple catches for like 20 some yards. You, the, all you need to do is wait to the fourth quarter. You can always keep your hopes up and you know how I love to keep my hopes up. So I thought that was, that was fun that he's leading the league in targets. Uh, both Metcalf and Diggs are tied with receiving yards at 403. The, the point about this, though, is that that's only just slightly over 100 yards per game. I feel like that's down. Uh, Michael Thomas, 42 targets through through four weeks last year. So just put it in perspective. So so Cooper is outpacing him uh, by a decent amount, you know, 50 to 42. It's interesting. 51 to 42. At, at quick math, that's 13 targets. I kid, I kid. It's nine. It's nine targets. <laughs> uh yeah, th- that yeah, th- that Cowboys offense is just. I, I mean, the the fancy numbers they're putting up. Because you're right, the defense is is just uh, dog vomit for, for lack of a better term. Dak is on pace to throw for, and, and I, this has been a stat that's been thrown around. So I'm sure you've heard this other places. Uh, 6,700 yards this year. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. And he might have to throw for <laughs> 7,000 to have a winning record. Yeah, they're not gonna have a winning record. That the whole NFC East is so fascinating because you got Philadelphia with that with their win on Sunday yeah. football in their first place. Oh, you gotta love it because that tie. They're in first that, place because of the tie. <laughs> that's right. Oh man, I love it. Um, looking at some quarterback stats, 
Will, um, the quarterback stats are, are just insane. Um, you know, starting with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is outrushing uh, Lamar Jackson so far this year. Of course, Lamar Jackson ran, you know, up against that Kansas City team that knew how to shut him down. But uh, Kyler Murray's on pace to rush for over 1,000 plus yards just this year. Um, so Kyler Murray, in terms of a, a passer, has, has not always looked amazing. But just doing it on the ground, man, that's, that's a nice floor every week for you. Um, you know, Russell Wilson on pace to throw 64 touchdown passes. Um, we've got 10 QBs on pace to throw 32 touchdown passes. We had eight in 2018, but only three in 2017 and two in 2019. So, well, and on pace. Yeah, Ryan, in 2019, uh, t- like the, the leaders, so Dak Prescott was fourth at 30 touchdown passes. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, to have 10 on pace is pretty, it's pretty fun. Yeah, and just one more thing. Like, just a bit in perspective with the quarterbacks. Like, I was looking at Matt Stafford, and I'm like, yeah, I feel like Stafford's having a pretty good year, but he, he's, he's QB 16. The, the guy's on pace to throw for 4,000 yards and 32 touchdown passes, right? And he's QB 16. It just Some guys are putting up just monster numbers, and um, I know it's been talked about where, you know, with the, the home field advantage doesn't exist with the crowd noise, We've seen Aaron mm. Rodgers in particular take huge advantage of that. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, it, it's it, it's wild looking at the QB numbers. I just, just blows my mind. And I think this happened last time there was the the lockout or holdout, right, that there was a shortened offseason. Uh, passing numbers were also much higher. So, again, one, a sample size of one isn't, isn't like, predictive. But <laughs> it, it's uh, – if this – you know, if there's a pandemic season again, everybody – draft you know get, get your wide receivers on high flying offenses i guess yeah well uh, yeah let's not talk about it because there could be i mean in, in 2021 or or any other time for that matter but uh but let's let's hope this let's hope this is the one and only in our lifetimes if we're, if we're lucky knock on wood yeah and, and so ryan talking about the lines and matt stafford that i'm going to go down a little bit further i think we should have seen ap's usage coming a little bit more clearly than what we did when he signed with the lions and the number one reason for that is daryl bevel uh, we've talked about Daryl Bevel in the past with Karrion Johnson, how he likes to ride a running back. And right. he, you know, he was with AP in Minnesota. Uh, he had Marshawn Lynch in Seattle. He loves his grinders, his, you know, the, the, the guys are going to run the play as directed. It's going to be simple plays, but they're going to, you know, they're going to do what's expected of them and maybe add a little bit on top uh, with AP now versus in the past, he added a ton on top, but I think we could have seen this coming just a touch more based on the coaching staff and Daryl Bevel in particular. So I just think of that, like looking back in, 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 in the past, I, I think for this one, cause Matt Patricia isn't going to make it through the season. I'm pretty confident of that at this point. Uh, he, he might barely survive, but. There's but a Carolina Reaper take right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but that, I mean, that just means like get your DeAndre Swift's as cheaply as possible. I'm actually trying to move for him. Uh, I think in redraft leagues, cause if Patricia has gone sooner rather than later, that offense might look a little bit different. Hey, DeAndre Swift is still a running back three. He's he's running back thirty three over overall, believe it or not. So I, I mean, not not these monster numbers, but um, uh, yeah, th- that's hugely disappointing to me. Is is DeAndre Swift in particular? I mean, they 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 drafted him like so early in the second round, and you know, you, you we we've seen this before. Like he's obviously going to take over in that backfield, right? And uh, it just just it hasn't happened. Um, I mean, yeah, he was I mean, the second gonna, running back drafted. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's getting a little bit of work in the passing game. That's why he's has the, you know, somewhat decent numbers that he has. But um, 
<sighs> frustrating, Will. Really frustrating. Yeah. I mean, and that's also uh, like to Marvin Jones. Like, what, what, the, what the bleep, Marvin Jones? <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have for him. <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, I'm done. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, we, you talked about um, – I've just got a couple other notes for, from week four, some of the stats. Um, Justin Herbert, we talked about him a little bit. If you adjust points, fantasy points per game, he's a quarterback nine in a year. And granted, he had just had this huge week, and it's a small sample size. Um, but in a year when you, you see QB scoring just blowing up, it, it's just a, um, a – number one, a surprise. And number two, a reinforcement into that rule that if these quarterbacks, Will, that are drafted high in the NFL draft, you know, regardless of what the fantasy community thinks about them, um, whether it's a Josh Allen or – Daniel Jones, and this year I kind of feel like Justin Herbert is, is the version of those guys this year. And I'm not comparing Daniel, Daniel Jones to Josh Allen, obviously, but you might as well take them where they go. You, you get them late first, early second round picks. I mean, odds are they're going to be better for you than um, a running back or, or a wide receiver you can take in those positions. And even a guy like Daniel Jones last year, when he popped, I mean, you could have sold him for – you know, at least a first or, 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 or first plus. Oh yeah. And, and, and like, just, I think about if you took Keyshawn Bond over Justin Herbert this year. Right. And that's what, that was happening. So even if you don't believe in him, even if you think this is just a fluke and it's just a, you know, he, he, he's had some luck, you know, his first, you know, three starts in the NFL. I mean, you could sell him now for more than you paid for him. I, I guarantee. So, I mean, he took the chiefs into overtime. Like he, he came this close to beating the chiefs with some more aggressive play calling. Maybe he would have beat him. Like that, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, it is insane. Good um, for you, Herbert. Yeah, so I just think it's – I just love the story. Um, and, and looking at him, you know, and when I watched him in college, I, I, I thought I was always impressed when, when, I, when I watched him. And looking at his, his numbers, you know, in terms of his touchdown-interception ratio, we kind of checked all the boxes. We, we joked about how maybe he was too tall to be successful in the, in the NFL because quarterbacks his height, you know, <laughs> haven't done so well over, over time. But – but man, he, he certainly looks the part and I just, it's super exciting. I just love it. I just love the fact that he's probably your rookie quarterback MVP um, this year. Um, although Joe Burrows looked really good too, but, um, but other than his, he, he looked better if he had better offensive line. But anyway, Justin Herbert, I just think it's cool. It's a cool story. Like well, and it just brings that whole, the whole fan, you know, the, the rising tide of, of Herbert lifts all those fantasy votes. Uh, after game one, how, like how many people wanted to tear their hair out who owned Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler, and it's just the – there wasn't, like, a pit low enough that you were sinking to, thinking about those guys rest of season. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's uh, – and, again, I just don't know if I trust the, the Chargers over the course of the year, though, not when, when Tyrod recovers from his punctured lung, if they're going to, like, put him back in the starting position. I just don't trust it. No, they will. I think they will. I, I, I should – they shouldn't, but at least for a little while. Because they still think uh, they're a playoff team, gross. despite their record – <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't think it's on Herbert why the record is what it is. I think they're just they're a team desperately trying not to lose, and then they lose, they they blow it. Uh, I mean, they yeah, they they played two of the best teams. Like Tampa Bay is like overall one of the best teams in the NFL. The Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, and they sh- probably should have beat them both. So anyway, yeah. Um, imagine that record. So uh, next is I thought I thought that the tight end. Uh, you know, low volume, high touchdown insanity continues in, in 2020 with Mark yeah, Andrews. He only has 12 catches and four touchdowns. Uh, but then Robert Tanyan says, hold my beer. 
and has five touchdowns with 13 catches. Uh, it's, it's, Mark Andrews is still a scary tight end because he's got a, he's near that like you know tight end one to three depending on who you're you know who's ranking him uh, and his it, it's not changing though his touchdown efficiency is still so high but it's is he breaking the rule or are we going to see the rule come more into effect uh, later on in the season I really I really don't know Ryan I, I think it, it's that offense and that relationship he has with Lamar Jackson I, I just think that it's um it's one of those things. It's just, you know, he's just that good of a player and just throw the rules out the window. Kind of like Aaron Jones, you know, like, like we, we, we overall, we were kind of down on Aaron Jones and, and you know, I, I probably was leading the pack last year with Aaron Jones, like, Oh, and look, look at the season he had. And this year I, I, w- I was, I wised up and I'm like, he, even if he doesn't resign, I think he's going to have a good 2020. So I was able to acquire a little bit of Aaron Jones. And I'm glad I did because Holy cow. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's scoring, touchdowns at this ridiculous rate again so I, I think Aaron Jones has six touchdowns through through four games right so I just think there's Absolute sometimes stud. yeah there sometimes guys are just talented and they're outliers even though the statistics tell you okay there's going to be um uh, some some regression here uh, to the mean but it doesn't happen because I, I think I think Mark Andrews is a perfect example he's very talented he's in a great great offense a great scheme um just I just think it's a perfect fit and and yeah I I, I yeah I mean I, Mark Andrews is gonna give you some down weeks and he's not gonna be as consistent as a Travis Kelsey or a George Kittle when he's healthy but but still he, he's gonna win you some weeks with the, with that kind of production so yeah yeah you just I think you just like to see more than three catches per game through the first four games on it like on average the other part with Aaron Jones though Ryan is how worried are you about AJ Dillon moving forward he is one of our darlings uh, I mean, we talked about AJ Dillon way back with uh, Katie Flowers from UTH. We were talking about uh, Debbie picks, maybe like midway through the college season, maybe before the 2019 college season. Yeah. And uh, so the my concern with AJ Dillon though, is that Aaron Jones just signs, you know, not not the most lucrative running back contract, but signs one of those, you know, like five, maybe eight, maybe five to eight million dollar a year running back contracts for three years, and we just, you know, AJ Dillon gets buried. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, I want to try to be optimistic and think, okay, maybe Jamal Williams doesn't go back to Green Bay. And so next year you've got Jones and Dylan in that backfield. Um, if you look at what happened on Monday night, Aaron Jones played 52% of the snaps, which probably frustrated some Aaron Jones owners because there were stretches where you're like, why is he on the field? Um, and, and Jamal Williams played 57% of snaps um touches 20 to 16 but but the, the big difference there of course is Jamal Williams is a pretty good pass catcher you know he was uh, eight for 95 in the air and um obviously Aaron Jones is a good pass catcher as well and I know we haven't seen that from Dylan so I, I'm kind of trying to be optimistic and hope he slides into that you know um Jamal Williams role even though he can't necessarily catch the ball we haven't seen it yet so I'm trying to be optimistic I, I didn't think he would do much in in 2020 and I, I think, if anything, it just provides a bit of a bind window. Because I think A.J. Dillon is a guy that you could acquire rather cheaply right now because he's he's not doing anything. And there aren't too many people that really were hyping him up. Um, yeah, he's one of those later, you know, first, probably early second, maybe even mid-second round picks where a competing team took him because that was the, what they felt the best option for a player available to give them immediate production. And if they're not doing that, you might be able to scoop and score. 
I, I just have more uh, – I'm, I'm just not as excited, Ryan, uh, with, with how the situation is there. And if, and if Aaron Jones signs long-term, he, if, if, he, if he does sign long-term, that means they believe he's a lead talent. He's going to be on the field. Like, he's going to be taking those high-value touches. And his pat- – I mean, he's just a great – like, yeah, Aaron Jones is just really good at the football. So he is, but, hard yeah, and, but I think what, what's smart about what, what the, the Packers are doing – with, with usage is is I think it's it's smart to you know not have him have eighty percent of the the touches and, and carries and stuff like that like they use Jamal Williams because I think that there's probably some advanced metric that some teams have that that sh- that frustrates us as fancy owners but that shows that okay the, the more we mix these guys up um, the the more efficient a guy like Aaron Jones might be when he's on the field because if if, if they played him eighty percent of the time you know he might break down he might get injured and we haven't seen that so. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm just hoping that Dylan can slide into, uh, you know, like a, like a one B role there. Uh, but, but yeah, that's not looking great at this moment. Yeah. It just looks less probable than I felt like earlier. So which, which usage, uh, Ryan, and, and I wanted to bring it back to, to Josh Jacobs. What's your, what's your heat level on Josh Jacobs? So he started off the year, you know, the, the, the Raiders won both those first two games. They beat the saints. He had, you know, over, what, 25 touches each game. I know he had, like, 27 carries in one of them. And then you you start to see him more and more on the sideline, you know, getting stretched out, working with trainers. Uh, and I know that his his early season schedule was easier, especially his first game against the, the Panthers. We were kind of expecting a boom week for him uh, and then for it to taper off. But any – are you just kind of holding steady, you know, still, still believing in Josh Jacobs? Or this is year two now – of where we might be seeing him wear down a little bit only through four weeks. I'm, I'm holding steady, but I do think that hip injury is obviously bothering him and, and, you know, they're holding him back. Uh, cause, cause obviously the, the trends are, are not great when you look at, um, you know, his, his attempts, you know, first two games, he had, you know, 25 rushing attempts and 27 against new Orleans dropped to 16 and 15. Um, yeah, that's that's not that's not great. His Will. targets and catches have gone down. Uh, yeah, uh, that's as as many in the in the the industry would say that is suboptimal. <laughs> <laughs> so well, just uh, yeah, I, I just worry about the the long term durability and projecting him as that higher dynasty asset. If we should be more concerned about that, probably. I I think that's that's fair. It, it, it's hard though to, um to get your mind there though because of uh, of the you know the fact he's a first round draft pick the fact he's only 22 years old um you know the the fact that you know there's some games he just really looks the part of this the stud running back so but yeah i mean i guess if you want to be objective about it i mean if if you want to pivot out of josh jacobs like who are you looking to pivot to or or what kind of deal are you looking to make oh I, i i hadn't really thought about that beforehand uh it depends if you're looking to pivot positions or get you know get older at the position with with potentially more production which there's not a lot out there for it i just wanted to know your kind of concern level but i think ryan you've, you've kind of talked to me or talked to me out of that that concern and that overreaction to the first four weeks we we need to see we need to see more i think yeah, right I, now it's just not a great time to sell Josh jacobs so i'm not looking to tra- you know move him right yeah, and I, 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 hopefully, you know, like I don't know the extent of this hip injury or if that's something that can linger to the season, but I'm trying to be optimistic that, you know, he'll get healthier and, um, 
and, and bounce back and, and put up the kind of numbers he was putting up like the first couple weeks of the season. So let, let's, let's hope so. A- another running back, Will, um, James Robinson, um, a running back six in PPR leagues I looked. I, I, was, I was shocked to see that. I mean, I've got a little bit of James Robinson. I know he's been putting up good numbers, but to see it in that, in that perspective, that he's running back six, I, I was just – my jaw dropped to the ground. So yeah. James Robinson, um, I mean, theoretically, I think there are people in leagues that are getting first-round picks, like, like a 2021 first. So what, 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 is your, what are your thoughts on James Robinson? Is, is he a guy that you're, you're foolish not to move right now but just based on the production he's putting up? Or, or it, it, you just want to hold him and kind of see where this goes? Yeah, the, the answer, to the, uh, I think, to that is you probably are foolish not to move him right now. Just, you know, you know, based on history and, and looking forward to this season, it's just hard to – a highly productive running back that you got for so cheap to move for a first, that is just – you know, it's another gamble. Uh, it, assuming that that's not a high – you know, no tanking team or, or team in your, your, your dynasty league that is going to finish near the bottom is trading for James Robinson to move him for a later first. I think is, it, should, it, it should be easily worth it, right? You probably should do that. It is also very hard, though, to move a player, especially if your team has suffered any injuries at the running back position, or you have kind of your ebbs and flows. You have people like David Johnson or Todd Gurley who aren't necessarily reliable week to week, and James Robinson has been. It's hard to move those points off of your team for a future pick. Again, uh, I think next year's draft class is still going to be you know, good, and in the first round, you're all, you're all, your value is going to be higher with that player than what James Robinson will be probably next year. It's, he's, he's the, like the curious case of James Robinson because you, nobody's, nobody's probably taking a second, right? For James Robinson. Probably. Uh, they, they want a second plus maybe something a little or, or another player swap for a young wide receiver or something on that. end. so he is the, he's like that, uh, enigma where he's too, like he's too, he's worth too much to move for what you can get back or he's too expensive for you to pay for. I had the offer Ryan in our foot clan dynasty league, of Naheem Hines for James Robinson and Rob Gronkowski after week one. Mm-hmm. And I declined it. And I regret that heavily. Well, th- that performance week one would, would blind a lot of people, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, uh, so w- are there s- scenarios though, where let's say, okay, I have like a situation. You are a serious contender. Um, y- you are, you know, well, let's say you're a serious contender. You're one of the top two teams in your league. And you have Christian McCaffrey, and he's injured. You don't have Mike Davis. Would it be worth you selling like a late first to pick up James Robinson just to pluck him in until Christian McCaffrey comes back? Or is that just way too aggressive and not, not smart? I just think you try to maximize what you can get back. Can you get back another another player that would be valuable to your team? Like, can you send your first for like James Robinson and Chase Edmonds? Or – you know, depending on what their team make up and how their team is going, can you get James Robinson plus another piece that you might be able to start throughout this season to propel you to, you know, competing this year? Uh, if you were competing just fine because your bench is so, you know, because you've had such a, a stacked roster, I don't think those are moves you should be making because that first will be more valuable at the time. And, and James Robinson, I think he's just more risky uh, through, you know, after four weeks, I know that he's, he's been great, but that there's, you're, you're seeing, I think we'll start to see, you know, changes because they're not winning also with this James Robinson production. Um, so I guess long story short is 
he's it's just it's just it's just tough you can't sell i don't think you can sell any of your first just straight up for james robinson that's that's losing long-term value to that's losing too much long-term value because even if you're competing and you get knocked out unluckily in the second round of the playoffs well that pick this year could have been justin herbert in a, a super flex league right and losing out on that next year is and, and years moving forward is worth way more than i think what james robinson will do for you the rest of the season yeah oh, I, I i i completely agree um with that i, I just wanted to, to ask if you know what what your thoughts were see if you had a different perspective on that um i i think we we have one more player to talk about here under some of these week four stats but but this is more of a not so much what's happened so far i guess i guess in week four uh to ernest johnson the the waiver wire darling in, in both redraft leagues and probably dynasty leagues because there were plenty of dynasty leagues where he was not rostered um at least the dynasty leagues that i'm in so what what are your what are your thoughts on on Dernest Johnson? Well, and we we talked about him more on the the Patreon show, and I've kind of talked out a little bit of Dernest Johnson, but but Ryan <laughs> in a in a fourteen team superflex league, where you know last year I lost in the championship, this year you know I'm a competitor. I need I like I need with this roster I basically need to continue to compete, uh, and I put a sixty six dollar fab bid on James Robinson and somebody spent a hundred of their hundred dollars. And I actually don't know with sleeper, if you can see other people's fab bids and that's where this came from, but it might've, uh, I was offered, uh, Dearness Johnson coming my way for my 2023 third round pick. I don't even know if that's legal in this league what? based on the bylaws, <laughs> but I guess you can in sleeper. And I just was thinking like, what's the, you know, what's, what's the, what's the downside uh, to, to this deal, it looks like maybe it was revoked by now. But I, I, why not? It's a third round pick, and the year league might not even existence of twenty twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you send your twenty twenty third third rounder for for Johnson? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's that's an easy snap accept if your league allows that trading. Well, so I should have done it earlier. Then I waited for the, the <laughs> podcast to do this, and now it's gone. You could have said I did this earlier today, and, and still talked about on the podcast. Well, I hadn't really looked at Dearness Johnson in, in whole yet, and he tore up the, the Cowboys defense, but, I mean, who doesn't? That, but that's what happens in, in Dynasty Leagues. Um, so there, there's a Dynasty League I'm in where, where Mike Davis, I, I don't you know, have CMC in that league, but he was out there on, on waivers. He wasn't out there in too many of the Dynasty Leagues, but in this one league he was. So I spent like 100, like 100 fab dollars, all my fab on, on Mike Davis, because there, the, there's – you know, dynasty roster, it's the, the waiver wire. There's not a lot out there. And a few people were like, wow, I can't believe how much he went for. And I thought to myself, well, uh, you know, who, <laughs> what am I saving that money for? <laughs> um, and, and this week in that league, I noticed that Dernis Johnson, you know, someone spent like, I think like $95 on, on him. And I thought, well, why not? You know, maybe, maybe it's a waste of your fab dollars, but there, you're going to have only a handful of opportunities in several dynasty leagues to, grab guys that can that maybe you can plug in and help you for a few weeks so why not blow that money on him yeah i just don't know if he's that guy like mike davis was that guy that you wanted for the few weeks yeah i, I probably would tend to agree with you but i but i think and this is a one qb league I, I think in two qb leagues i'm very careful about blowing a lot of my fab dollars because you never know in a two qb league or or super flex league like what quarterback might become relevant that's that's been on waivers forever you yeah, know, ryan waivers. i blew so much money on jeff driscoll <laughs> and how's that working out how's that working out 
Um, I, maybe he comes back and uh, puts up some big weeks. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I feel guilty for that because I think we talked about this. I mean, I think we're on the same side, though, where we're like, okay, if things don't work out for Drew Locke, Jeff Triscoll is the guy that you got to have because he's going he's gonna to be able to perform in that <laughs> offense, put up some numbers, and, and yeah, he's not even. I just didn't think they'd move on so quickly. I thought we'd give him a little bit more of a chance. But yeah. it turns out uh, Rippian, Rippin, Brett Rippin, is, Rippin. Uh, you know, he's the winningest quarterback on that team this year. Yeah, you're right. He is, isn't he? <laughs> I think so. Because I think there were, yeah, one or maybe Drew Lock. Yeah, game? yeah, they won. That was the first win against the Jets. So he's the he's. Oh, yeah, because there's two on three teams. Yeah, so yeah. you know, if he goes, if he rattles off 14 more wins, we we have ourselves quite a fun situation. Yeah, that's right. All right, let's move on to hot bold spicy takes. First of all, we got to recap Week Four. Um, we are not doing so well this year, Will, <laughs> with our hot bold spicy takes. I had the hot bowl spicy take that, which you gave me a ghost pepper for, that Miami would beat Seattle in a shootout. Both QBs go for over 300-plus yards and at least three passing TDs. Miami did not win. It was not so much of a shootout. Um, Fitzmagic, sometimes that magic isn't working on certain weeks. And it really, you know, I mean, I guess he, at the end of the day, put up okay fantasy numbers in the grand scheme of things for week four, but didn't work out for me, Will. I, I failed. And then you um, took the Eagles over the 49ers, which was great. Nailed that one. Um, but Greg Ward, 127 yards and a TD. Um, that didn't work out for you. Um, I, hey, he did lead the team in targets with seven, but that only translated to four catches for 38 yards and no touchdowns. There was only – so uh, Carson Wentz only threw for 193 yards. And, and I don't think Baker Mayfield's hit like nearly over 200 yards this season. It, it just goes down this, I, I go to like dark, dark dives with, with guys like that. The, the Miami and Seattle one around Miami had uh, a, a good amount of chances. Um, they did. And then, and then, you know, Fitzmagic lays his body on the line for that rushing touchdown and during what was basically complete garbage time. But uh, they, that that wasn't looking bad through the first half. You know, it looked like Miami could pull this upset. The, the three touchdowns for, for each of them was a little bit harder to get to, but they had over 300 yards each. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I guess, I, I guess these takes for us were both better this week because, you know, it, it was, you know, I wasn't too far off. Miami could have won that game and you call the Eagles taking out the 49ers. So and it, yeah. And if you um, bet the money line on that game and you bet like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you want a lot of money. <laughs> So you're welcome. Yes. I think all of our listeners did. So they're, they're very happy uh, this week. All right. Um, just to recap how we do this, we, we, and that was a Carolina Reaper uh, take that I, that I uh, you know, gave you nothing that matters, but we give takes five levels. Um, banana pepper is on the low end. Jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. So let's see what we got this week. Uh, Will, he should go first. Do we flip a coin? You want me to go? You want to go? I'll lead us off. Okay. So mine is that with Bill O'Brien gone, the Texans explode. They are favorites uh, in in this game versus the Jaguars at home. I think they're like might even up to like seven point favorites. I think I saw on ESPN. Um, maybe it was three. Let me just double check. It was six. Six point favorites. But I say they win by over 14 points. So set the line at 14 and a half. And David Johnson is going to go for, and I wanted to keep this like lesser, but still high, 150 scrimmage yards, both rushing and receiving, obviously. No, the, we won't count kick return yardage if he does that at all. Uh, and 
I was thinking one touchdown. I think he might sneak in for two, but uh, that's where I, th- I think that you're going to see uh, a different team come out this week and a, a different offensive scheme and more towards that, that week one. We're going to see that week one kind of David Johnson usage and explosion in week five. Hmm. So the Texans are at home, which doesn't really mean too much these days um, with no crowds. Um, you know, I, but I, I think this is pretty hot, Will, because, you know, the, the, the Jacksonville, the, you know, they've, they've put up a fight in all their contests. They're not that good of a team, but I, I think, you know, Minshew keeps it close. So I think that saying the Texans win by over 14, as bad as they've looked, their defense is not very good. I, I don't know that getting rid of Bill O'Brien is going to fix that. Um, I just, I don't still see it happening. I, I think this is real hot. So I think I'll go Carolina Reaper on this one. Yeah, you even have to go two touchdowns. Stick with one touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I, I don't know. I mean, I, I also think DJ getting over 150 scrimmage yards. I mean, it could happen, but I don't know. I, I think he'll have a good day, but maybe more like 100, 125. We'll see. So, so Carolina Reaper, uh, nicely done. I, I like it. You're going. You're going back to the. Didn't you go with the Texans a couple weeks ago? Going back to the well with the Texans. I guess so. But they were dogs against the Ravens, and for what it's worth, that game was close early on uh which all games are when they kick off <laughs> but the uh, the texans i think were there with the ravens a little bit early and i was like kind of keeping my eye on it and then just mistakes after mistakes and anyway anyway let's not talk about it ryan all right uh, so i'm gonna go after some low line fruit here and i'm gonna pick on uh the atlanta falcons the atlanta falcons Horrible defense. Um, it seems like every week you watch a game, like two or three of their starters go down on the defensive side of things. And yeah. now some offensive starters are starting to go down as well. So Teddy Bridgewater is going to lead the Panthers. Who, for some odd reason, they are uh, one and a half point underdogs. Um, maybe because the game's in Atlanta. I don't really get it because uh, they've, they've got a winning record, although not that they're amazing. But So Carolina with, with Teddy Bridgewater – Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a top three fantasy quarterback this week. Uh, DJ Moore is going to break out for 150 yards and a touchdown, and the Panthers win by seven points over the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, maybe maybe we're just getting soft in these, Ryan. But I feel like so. I, I got. Yeah, maybe as far as like, I think I'm going to rate this a Carolina Reaper, but maybe I'm getting soft in my grading. But I'm looking just at you know, let's look at what quarterbacks teddy has to beat out to be top three so he has to beat russell wilson at the vikings uh he has to beat patrick mahomes with the raiders at home uh kyler murray at the jets which could be a rushing bonanza uh lamar jackson has the Bengals at home uh you know sean watson playing those jaguars um dak prescott at the giants uh for for all the giants flaws Oh, I think gosh. they're mostly Dak's just attacked through the passing game. He goes for think of five fifty and five for Dak. Yeah, he <laughs> might he <laughs> might throw seventeen touchdowns in that game. Um, so that's where that's where it kind of comes from. And then and then you know DJ Moore having his explosion game with one hundred fifty scrimmage yards and a touchdown. I mean DJ Moore and Greg Ward are basically the same player. So I, I kidding, I kidding. <laughs> but I think yeah, I think that's super hot. All right, and it makes me so Ryan. That makes me like last question in the two minute warning here. Yeah, after two warning. Our, our, our grades. So in like a four point per passing touchdown, do you start uh, Tom Brady or Teddy Bridgewater? I, 
I would be okay starting Brady, but I, I go Bridgewater for sure. I mean, it just, just against that that Falcons. I mean, th- this is a Falcons uh, defense that uh, you know made Nick Foles look like unstoppable for <laughs> for a half. You know, um, and, and you saw what he did last week. So I, I just think that defense is so bad right now. I just I, you know, obviously Brady's a better quarterback, um, but Brady's you know short week. Not not the, the Bears defense. I think are you know, world beaters, but I, I think their defense is pretty decent. And I, yeah, I'm going to Bridgewater. Okay. To make that change. And if I lose this week, Ryan, it's because of that. Okay. I'll take, take responsibility. Any other final thoughts, the two minute warning will. Well, now I have to keep a second quarterback on my roster because I want to keep Tom Brady for the future. So that is also your fault. I'm going to have to roster in two quarterbacks. That's my two minute warning thought. <laughs> nope. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well. And you know, we, we have our last few weeks, at least here in the north, of, of good weather. So get out there and enjoy life safely. But outdoors and distance, you're, you're pretty good to go. So make sure you take these times before, you know, the time ticks over to daylight savings. And, you know, do, do some stuff outside before it gets a little bit too miserable to do so. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, and, you know, just, uh, you know, today... Um, not, not to end the show on a down note, but you know, you've, you've got these, a couple more cases of COVID in the NFL. So, uh, not only enjoy the nice weather, if you, if you live in a place, places like we do in, in the cold Midwest, but also just enjoy football because the, the season could get shaken up a little bit. Hopefully I'm way off on that. I'll try to be optimistic, but I, I think just, just keep enjoying, you know, each, each week, your teams play some DFS and, and just enjoy football because, uh, Cause you never know, you never know when, when, um, when something might happen with, with, with the NFL, with, with this COVID thing, it's, it's quite unpredictable. Will. so. Yeah. It's getting a little scary. Yeah. I think you're being mystic, Ryan, not Opta or Pessa. You're just being <laughs> middle mystic. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's get out of here. We're the fancy Joes. I'm at real librarian, Ryan Livergood. He is at fantasy Joe underscore. Will, Will Greenwood. We are at, at FF Joes on Twitter. On behalf of Will, I'm Ryan. We are the Fantasy Joes. Hit me up for those hot fire tweets. Oh, yeah. Hashtag hit up Will. Hashtag full says in. Tanyan says in. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>